Let's continue reading verses 1 through 28 of Judges chapter 11. Now in this first half of Judges 11, we begin the account of Jephthah, the next judge in the history of Israel. Judges chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, but he was the son of a harlot, and Gilead begot Jephthah. Gilead's wife bore sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob, and worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. It came to pass after a time that the people of Ammon made war against Israel. And so it was when the people of Ammon made war against Israel that the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. And they said to Jephthah, Come and be our commander, that we may fight against the people of Ammon. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, Did you not hate me and expel me from my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, that is why we have turned again to you now, that you may go with us and fight against the people of Ammon and be our head over the inhabitants of Gilead. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, if you take me back home to fight against the people of Ammon and the Lord delivers them to me, shall I be your head? And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, the Lord will be a witness between us if we do not do according to your words. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead and the people made him head and commander over them. And Jephthah spoke all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. Now Jephthah sent messengers to the king of the people of Ammon, saying, What do you have against me, that you have come to fight against me in my land? And the king of the people of Ammon answered the messengers of Jephthah, Because Israel took away my land when they came up out of Egypt, from the Arnon as far as the Jabbok, and to the Jordan. Now therefore restore those lands peaceably. So Jephthah again sent messengers to the king of the people of Ammon and said to him, Thus says Jephthah, Israel did not take away the land of Moab, nor the land of the people of Ammon. For when Israel came up from Egypt, they walked through the wilderness as far as the Red Sea and came to Kadesh. Then Israel sent messengers to the king of Edom, saying, Please let me pass through your land. But the king of Edom would not heed. And in like manner they sent to the king of Moab, but he would not consent. So Israel remained in Kadesh, and they went along through the wilderness and bypassed the land of Edom and the land of Moab, came to the east side of the land of Moab, and encamped on the other side of the Arnon. But they did not enter the border of Moab, for the Arnon was the border of Moab. Then Israel sent messengers to Sihon, king of the Amorites, king of Heshbon. And Israel said to him, Please let us pass through your land into our place. But Sion did not trust Israel to pass through his territory. So Sion gathered all his people together and encamped in Jahaz and fought against Israel. And the Lord God of Israel delivered Sion and all his people into the hand of Israel, and they defeated them. Thus Israel gained possession of all the land of the Amorites who inhabited that country. They took possession of all the territory of the Amorites from the Arnon to the Jabbok and from the wilderness to the Jordan. And now the Lord God of Israel has dispossessed the Amorites from before his people Israel. Should you then possess it? Will you not possess whatever Chemosh your God gives you to possess? So whatever the Lord our God takes possession of before us, we will possess. And now are you any better than Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever strive against Israel? 
Did he ever fight against them? While Israel dwelt in Heshbon and its villages, in Aroer and its villages, and in all the cities along the banks of the Arnon for 300 years, why did you not recover them within that time? Therefore, I have not sinned against you, but you have wronged me by fighting against me. May the Lord, the judge, render judgment this day between the children of Israel and the people of Ammon. However, the king of the people of Ammon did not heed the words which Jephthah sent him. Once again, let's begin with some background notes. After the judgeships of Tola and Jair, God raised up Jephthah as the next judge to deliver his people from the Ammonites. Jephthah is probably best known for his foolish vow in the second half of the chapter. But let's not lose sight of the fact that Jephthah was used of God in a mighty way to defeat the Ammonites. In verse 1, we read that Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor. But we see that because he was the son of a prostitute, his brothers despised him and drove him away, as we see there in verse 2. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob. Verse 3, the land of Tob was northeast of Gilead, toward Damascus. In the land of Tob, Jephthah became a leader of ne'er-do-wells, somewhat like a Robin Hood character, going out in raiding parties with his band of men. Well, it wasn't long before the leaders of Gilead came to Jephthah and asked him to return home and lead them against the Ammonites. The fact that Jephthah was despised by his own family and forced out by his prejudiced brothers, even though he hadn't done anything wrong, is a good illustration of the treatment the people gave our Lord Jesus. Our Lord was rejected and despised and cast out by his own people, even though he had done nothing wrong. They even accused our Lord of an illegitimate birth. Remember the scandal surrounding the miraculous birth. But just as the leaders of Israel in Jephthah's day were humbled to the point where they asked Jephthah to return and rule over them, so the nation of Israel will eventually be humbled to the point where they recognize Christ as king. So here in the life of Jephthah the judge, I think we catch a glimpse of the greater ruler to come, namely our Lord himself. In fact, in spite of the many human flaws of the judges, I think we catch many glimpses or spiritual pictures in many of the judges of the perfect judge, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And a lot more we could say for background here, but let's move on now to our doctrinal or teaching points for this first half of Judges 11. So doctrinal point number one, great potential can be lost because of prejudice. Great potential can be lost because of prejudice. Jephthah was definitely a man of great potential. Verse 1 says that he was a mighty man of valor. The fact that he was able to take a group of worthless men, ne'er-do-wells, as we see in verse 3, and unite them into an organized fighting unit shows us that Jephthah had great leadership ability. And then in verses 9 through 11, we see that Jephthah was a godly person. He was ready to give the Lord credit for any victory. And verse 11 says that 
Jephthah spoke all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. And then, as we've seen, when Jephthah addressed the Ammonites, he showed great diplomatic skill in the use of his knowledge of history and logic. So even though Jephthah made some mistakes, as we'll see, he was a man of great potential. But, and here's the point, his great potential was almost lost because of the prejudice of his brothers. Jephthah hadn't done anything wrong, but his brothers despised him and forced him to flee, all because they did not have the same mother. What prejudice. Do you see the teaching here? I wonder how much potential for the Lord is being lost because of Christian prejudice. That brother can't preach or teach here because he hasn't been to seminary. How about this example? They don't have the truth like we do because they were not raised in our denomination. Therefore, what they say doesn't carry a lot of weight. Let them go somewhere else. On and on we could go, right? Let's not let prejudice blind us as to what God wants to do in the lives of others. Great potential can be lost because of prejudice. Doctrinal point number two. God honors the truth, not spin. God honors the truth, not spin. You know what spin is, right? Spin is when you take the facts and manipulate them to suit yourself and push your own ideas or agenda, which is not necessarily the truth. God honors the truth, not spin. We certainly see that lesson taught here. Notice the spin that the king of Ammon put on the facts in verse 13. And the king of the people of Ammon answered the messengers of Jephthah, because Israel took away my land when they came up out of Egypt from the Arnon as far as the Jabbok and to the Jordan. Now therefore, restore those lands peaceably. Now it sounds like the king of Ammon is telling the truth, doesn't it? And that Israel should give the land back, right? Wrong. It is spin, not truth. Now Jephthah gives the truth in verses 14 through 28. Let's read just uh, verse 15 here. Thus says Jephthah, Israel did not take away the land of Moab, nor the land of the people of Ammon. And then Jephthah proceeds to tell how Israel went around Edom and Moab when they were about to enter the land. And when they came to the land that was now being disputed by the king of Ammon, it was already in the possession of the Amorites under King Sihon. So Israel did not take the land from the Ammonites, but from the Amorites, and only when the Amorites attacked Israel. Israel was willing to pass through their midst and cross Jordan without a fight, but the Amorites attacked and God gave the victory and the land to Israel. Therefore, Jephthah says in verse 27, Therefore I have not sinned against you, but you have wronged me by fighting against me. May the Lord, the judge, render judgment this day between the children of Israel and the people of Ammon. And the Lord did render judgment. God honored the truth of Jephthah, not the spin of the Ammonites. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, verse 29, 
and he went out and delivered Israel from the oppression of the Ammonites. God always honors the truth, not spin. Those who are getting away with spin right now will ultimately have to answer in the light of the truth. Whether it be in politics or in Christian circles, ultimately it will all come out in the wash and spinmeisters will answer for their distortion of the truth. God honors the truth, not spin. Practical application. Do you suffer as a result of someone else's mistakes? Do you suffer as a result of someone else's mistakes? Jephthah was the son of a prostitute. Jephthah had to flee and live like an outcast. That was not Jephthah's fault. That was someone else's mistake. So what was Jephthah's reaction to all this? He never took revenge, even though he could have. Furthermore, he honored the Lord and made himself available for the Lord's service. What is our reaction when we suffer as a result of someone else's mistakes? Do we take revenge or do we leave it in God's hands and make ourselves available for the service of the Lord? Romans 12, 19 says, never take your own revenge. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. Remember Jephthah when you suffer as a result of someone else's mistakes.